this? Hi, welcome back to Plus This. I'm Kathy Deach. And I am Eva Tingley. And we have such an amazing show for you guys today. It's, we do. It's chock full. It's chock full. So chock full that we're going to get straight into it. We have a luxurious, incredible introduction for our guest. <laughs> it's long, and we're going to read the whole thing because so y'all need to, know. need to know. Y'all need to know what kind of expertise we are laying on you this week. Oh, this week, you okay. guys. We have all. We, it's just powerful. <laughs> so go, we it. have Dr. Linga, Linda Bacon, PhD. She's on the inside track of weight regulation science. A scientist whose three graduate degrees, research, and clinical expertise unique prepare her to understand and translate the physiological, psychological, and sociocultural underpinnings of weight control. I mean, how Boom. about that? Boom. How about that? She is a co-author of The Paradigm Shifting Body Respect, and it's an amazing book, which I'm reading right now, and I bring on flights with me, and we're going to totally talk about that. And, uh, of course, there is the uh, author of the iconic best-selling Health at Every Size. I want to welcome, with a big round of applause, Dr. Bacon to the show. Woo! We can't believe yes! that we have you on our show. <laughs> Uh, you two are my heroes. It's awesome to be here with you. Oh, oh yeah, so nice. and so nice glad. on top of it. I know. A doctor and really nice. <laughs> it's, it's a it's an unusual experience to meet a doctor who's nice. I gotta say, <laughs> I've been having such a delightful experience with you already before the filming. So everybody else gets to share in this fun conversation. It's great yeah, to meet for you. sure. Excellent. I will say that that is one thing that I love about reading your books is that. You, there is a levity. Like, you are very positive. Like, when you think body positive, I think of somebody like you, like someone who feels like there isn't just doom and gloom. There's actually uh, hope in this whole conversation that we're having. Um, what gives you that hope? Um, wow. Well, <laughs> just, dive right, just diving right in. <laughs> Man, you start off with the first question and it's already got me stymied. No, um, no hope, I think, is it's all about connection. Um, like, I meet so many amazing people that are just happy and able to celebrate their body. And that gives me hope that it's possible for everybody. And I've watched my own transition, um, how painful it was for me when I was younger to try to figure out how to inhabit my body and um, the shift that's happened over time. And it's not just about, I think alongside a shift with body appreciation comes more of a shift in relationships and intimacy and all that stuff is really beautiful. So I've seen what's possible and um, I see so many people out there that are able to encompass this. So yeah, I've got a lot of hope. And I'm telling you, something happened where um, I don't have video of you anymore. And this feels really strange because now I feel like <laughs> now you feel like you're on a Facebook live and you're just like <laughs> talking to the ether. It just feels really weird. Well, we are still we're still here with you. But, you know, like the weird thing was I, f I felt that in how I was talking. It's like I lost the audience and then I, I was talking from my head and I wasn't present. Oh, no. You know? It's a weird, weird thing. But can can you back. see us now? Can you see us? Okay, good. Okay, good. Well, you know, I was watching a documentary about how young people have a hard time with intimacy nowadays. Like they really, really um, don't know how to connect with their peers. They don't know how to 
they don't like they're like so out of touch with them with themselves and i just wonder like how we can help them get in touch with them with themselves so that they can be having intimate conversations with other people like do you yeah you know i, I mean i haven't studied the research around intimacy so i'm not talking as a scientist right now but i am noticing that when i go out in the world like let's say i'm on a train everybody is glued to their phones absolutely and not even noticing who's sitting next to them and any time I try to start up a conversation, you know, there's distrust at first because it's like you're violating somebody's space. Yeah. Eventually, though, people usually do settle into conversations and I end up having a great time with people. But I think that culturally that's really different from a few decades ago. Yeah, for sure. Ago, with When we didn't all have phones, we were open and interacting with one another. And it's the same thing when people come to hear me speak. When they're waiting for me to speak, everybody's on their phones and they're not engaging with people next to them. And to me, that's like the saddest thing that it's it's those unplanned times, those, that emptiness. I think that's where we make meaning in our lives. Yeah, you know? for sure. And, and particularly since if they're coming to hear me speak, they've got some shared interests. You right. know? So there's got to be something that they could engage on. So I think that I really want to encourage people to do what they can to kind of try to create that intimate space in a world which doesn't really set you up for it. Break those boundaries. And I think that all that stuff is pretty intimately connected to to body image stuff. Yeah, yeah I would say sure. so. I would say so. I for we, sure. we talk often here about how uh, the culture of um, navigating your weight is so uh, socially connected, right? Like if you want to meet someone for the first time, there is nine out of time tens, especially if a woman is one of the people in the conversation, that talking about eating or food or weight is a way in to universally connect with someone. And it's just so interesting that it is such a stronghold uh, thinking that we're always doing something wrong or that there's a plan that's right that's out there for us or I wish I was different or um, I, I had bad food, I had good food. Like all of this um, is so socialized and normalized and I feel myself and I want to talk to you about how you encourage people to do this with um, the Health at Every Size community, how to actually break up that social norm with, hey, how about we don't talk about that? <laughs> Yeah. And maybe I mean, even what a talk transition. About, yeah. I think you're right. It's like women bond over their self-hatred. Yeah. Um, and that's a pretty painful place to be. And if we could switch that, if we could figure out how to be more vulnerable with one another and talk about how hard that is, um, it's going to set the stage then to move to another place where you realize that you don't have to be stuck in hatred. Yeah, I just wonder, like, do you have any recommendations for what other what other things women can talk about where they can be vulnerable and it's not necessarily about their bodies? Ah, well, I think one of the most important things that we always have to do is to remember that the problem is not located in my body. The problem is cultural justice. And so if we can just talk about the messed up culture um 
instead of situating the problem in us. I think that's really helpful, you know, and of course, there's a lot of room to, to talk about how painful it is to live in a culture which doesn't celebrate us and makes it so difficult for us to be in our body. But we need to bond over, uh, over making sure that we situate the problem where it belongs and not that there's something wrong with us. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Now, in Body Respect, you really go through what, happens in the body and what I love about it is that it is very informational and it obviously is coming from someone who is a doctor of this but also it's uh so in layman's terms that I never felt condescended to I never felt like I had a hard time understanding it's like just when I went well I'm not really sure what that means you were like well let me tell you what that means um (laughs) (laughs) which I kind of loved now is that something that going from that academia world into getting the word out there to us lay folk. Um, was that a shift that you had to make or were you always inclined to be that way? I wasn't always inclined to be this way. In fact, I was trained as an academic, you know, I've got three graduate degrees and, um, and in all of those graduate degrees, I was taught to relay information. And one of the things I found while I was in academia was that whenever I would um, um, go to conferences and I would be speaking about my research and I'd have those typical PowerPoint slides with all the bullets on them, <laughs> that, well, I was a very smart presenter, you know, I could get the facts that didn't necessarily mean that I was swaying my audience. Mm. That no matter how smart you are and how much you have facts on your side, that's not enough to change people's minds. And what I started to realize while I was in academia was that it's making the emotional connection. It's telling the stories about real people's lives and how this stuff connects and why it has meanings that can bring the science to life. So it was while I was still in academia that I switched my whole style of speaking and Um, that's when I felt like everything shifted for me. Like, um, you know, and, and I think that this is something that's really true today that um, when I speak with say physicians and I'm trying to help them to change the paradigm, I could show them all the data that says, Hey, you know, that's not as the health, um, problem that we've led people to believe and, um, that, people can be healthy healthy in larger bodies, that I could show them tons and tons of data. But um, until I started to help them to see why this meant something, it wouldn't affect or change their practice. Mm. And when I could start to get physicians to connect with, like how painful it was for them in their own practice to keep telling their clients to lose weight, and not seeing it happen, Hmm. right? Then I could get them to look at, well, you know, maybe the problem's not in them. Maybe there's got to be a different way of dealing with this that's going to be more helpful to the clients, right? But I think the key is that whether I'm talking to a professional or personal or, or an individual struggling with this stuff, 
is unless this has meaning for people emotionally and unless it resonates, words are useless. And so, so is research. Yeah, that was one. That was one of the things that I was thinking about. Like, if if you have all the facts, like if you have all of this evidence of that, it's not it's not about our weight that we can be healthy at every size. You have all this evidence and all these facts. Why aren't the mainstream doctors on board? Why are they not going? Oh, like this is research. This is this is scientific. Like this is I'm used to this. Why are they struggling so much to get on board? Well, first off, I, th I think that you expect that doctors learn about weight in a way that's different from the general public, and they don't. Mm -hmm. there's, there's no requirement in medical school that doctors have to learn anything about weight regulation. Even nutrition, I think they're only required to take three hours worth of nutrition um, training in order to get... Oh, like a answer. medical doctor only has to take that much? That's the way it used to be. I haven't looked at the regulations. Yeah, no, I, I years, actually, I, I actually, true. I think it is true because I remember I knew a guy who was studying to be a doctor and I was studying to be a massage therapist at the time. And I was like asking him all these like anatomy questions. And he was kind of like, I think you know more about anatomy than I do. <laughs> like it was kind of crazy. Like, <laughs> okay, so well, I know that. I do know that they are required to take anatomy. Class. No, I, I know, know that they are required to take anatomy <laughs> classes, <laughs> but like, like mus muscles right. about muscles. He didn't know that much about like where they begin and where they but yes, let's be honest. Right. Let's be honest. I would say that any plus size woman, especially, and maybe even some dudes, know more about nutrition than just three hours worth. Yes. I know yeah. more. I could literally probably be a nutritionist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I always brag right, about right, that right. because right. we're always constantly trying to figure out what is the math, right? Like, yeah. what and, is the mathematical equation to make this different? And um, and, and, and I got to interject there too to say that. I don't know what just happened that I was talking about weight and somehow I switched the topic to nutrition because that's messed up, right? Mm. We, weight's not really about what you eat. Yeah. And I'm not really sure how I just did that, right? <laughs> that's not my style. But um, so I, I just want to like acknowledge that. But mm. I think that before I did that weird transition there, uh, the point that I was more trying to make is that doctors aren't taught um, proper stuff around weight, that much of what comes in in um, any kind of health education right now is not really based on accurate science. Mm -hmm. And it's amazing to me how I'll read almost every weight-related um, research study where they have excellent data, but the conclusions don't follow the data. What? Right? Wow. Why? Why? That they're so convinced that weight is to blame for everything that mm. they see the data through that lens and interpret it that way. Wow. So for example, let's say you have a disease like diabetes. And one thing we know is that type 2 diabetes is much more common among heavier people. Right? So if you were heavier, that it's more common, then it's really easy to blame it on to blame diabetes on weight. Um, but if you're a smart scientist, you don't lay your assumptions onto the data. You have to interrogate the data and try to figure out: is there another explanation for that? Mm. Um, maybe diabetes isn't so much about weight. 
And that's not what's happening right now. Right now, we are so convinced that weight is to blame for everything, and it's always a problem, that we see things through this weight-biased lens, and it means that we don't interpret any of the data that we have appropriately. And it's also making people die, quite frankly. It's making people unnecessarily lose their lives sooner. Um, on On both ends, by the way. Like, also, if... If the if weight isn't such a tell on type two diabetes, then that means there's a whole bunch of thin people that are type two diabetes that aren't getting treated as early as they might. Right? I mean that that right. would kind of be the assumption. So it's right. not just fat people that, of course, are already like. I I mean I myself have issues with the doctor. I don't like to go. I've been shamed a couple times. It's really really difficult for me to like get up the gumption to go. And I and I'm not the only person. Not even in my family. I I have people who are the same way. I mean I feel like I'm the same way. Like I yeah. really don't want to see the gynecologist and talk about the reason why I can't get pregnant is because I'm fat. Yeah. Which like, is- so isn't it? And isn't it? I mean it must be. It's obvious to us that that's the stuff that contributes to poor health and dying early you don't get medical care yeah but they're gonna end up blaming it on your weight right i know like oh she died of obesity no i died because i didn't have the proper care right and it's so it's weight bias that's the problem and i think that most of the things most of the diseases that we blame on weight could better be blamed on weight bias I I would believe that. We want to take a quick break so we can all get some water because we've been real chatty. Um, (laughs) But we're going to come right back with uh, Dr. Linda Bacon at Plus Sounds good. Did you know that 67% of American women are size 14 and above? You mean they look like this? Yeah, girl. So then where are we in television and film? And where are we in fashion magazines and clothing stores? Yeah. So we want to help out entertainment and fashion and media. Catch the F up. Watch us on Plus This. Live. Every Thursday. At 7 p.m. On Zena TV. Hi, we're back with Plus we're back, This. We're back. And we're at UBN, by the way. We're at UBN at seven. <laughs> I mean, at six on UBN, not seven on Zina. We'll get it together. So we're going to get it together, guys. <laughs> so I don't know what's happening there. But um, we left the conversation talking about um, the dangers of weight bias. And uh, I would say when you're talking to patients uh, who hear uh you know, your information that you have, which is like unbelievable amounts. And I can't, I'm going to keep saying it. Just go pick up health at every size or body respect y'all and bring it on a plane with you. Because then if you're chubby, no one's going to start anything with you while you hold in one of those books <laughs> in your lap. <laughs> um, I like put it up and like dare people to say something to me. But um, I, I wanted to ask you what, uh, as far as patients go, do you feel is something that is a truth you can tell them that they have that you seem to get the biggest resistance about okay first i'm okay i'm unmuted now (laughs) (laughs) okay i'm not sure i understand the question so you're okay i'll rephrase i'll rephrase if someone's going into a doctor do you want well go ahead okay no so if there is um Anything when you do your lectures and talk to people who aren't in the medical community right. and, and you say something that 
you know the data points to. What it, what do you think is the fact, one of the facts uh, that people have the most resistance to? Ah, uh, um, Are there just so many? <laughs> yeah, yeah, really. I'm, I'm kind of swamped by this. But one is um, people really cling to the idea that dieting is somehow going to make them healthier or thinner. And um, man, you know, that is something that is so, so well disproven by the research. And for decades, we've been gathering research that always shows that um, the end result of dieting is that people are more likely to actually gain weight than lose weight and that people don't see health improvements that result from it. Um, and not to mention all the fallout about how badly people feel about themselves yeah. after that. What do you think that's about? Um, do you think that it's a sense of control, like people like to believe they have some kind of control? Well, um, I never want to blame it on the individual because we absorb the culture around us. And, mm -hmm. you know, we're told that dieting supposed to work and it's all your fault if you can't do it. So um, I have a lot of compassion for why people keep trying um, that, you know, there's even it's even the medical professionals are pushing dieting as if there's evidence to suggest that it's true. So, you know, I have a lot of compassion for why people would fall into that. And plus, there's so many promised benefits. It's, yeah. you know, we have this idea that the only way you can be happy is if you're in a thinner body. And, and it is true that people are kinder to you when you're in a thinner body. Mm -hmm. So, no wonder a lot of people want to be thinner. Right? Yeah, because that there is something um, true to that. Yeah. Like yeah, being thinner sure. does get you privilege and that is yeah. an easier life. Yeah. I'm just yeah. curious because you're in a you live in a straight size body or a thinner body. So how did you get involved or how did you get interested in like in a fat world issue <laughs> i mean i'm sorry i don't even know if that word if you like the word fat i don't know I, I, we, we like to say that we're fat in, in some way eva i um i'm a little one of the reasons i'm a little uncomfortable uncom answering that maybe if i name it we can help to deflect why it's such an uncomfortable question but uh, first i'll answer it and and just say that um fear of fat is problematic too yeah that, totally whether I was fat or not, I had this fear of getting fat and this belief that um, I needed a thin body in order to get approval. Mm. And that set me on a path of self-hatred and dieting, and it was pretty painful. That said, um, one of the reasons why I don't usually like to tell my story is because in some ways, I think that that gets experienced as a microaggression to people who are in larger bodies, because I would imagine, like, it's painful to see that um, someone who's thinner, like, carries this idea that, um, see, it's, it's happening again. Every time, once in a while, you, you put the screen to um, other visuals. And when I lose you, I lose me. Oh, no. We'll yell at Kurt. Hold on. No Kurt, more. no oh, more no flipping more. around. Don't mess up Dr. Bacon. <laughs> she needs us. She needs we us. We want to be she there for her. She needs to be connected to us at all times. Right. Not, not my website. I appreciate We love it. it. We love it. <laughs> yeah, but. You know, like, I, I just imagine, like, for all my fat friends who um, 
like they're tired of hearing thin people complaining about how hard it is to be in a thin body. Mm, yeah. Right? When, when we don't have the extra layer of discrimination and challenge heaped on us. Um, and, you know, so um, I don't want sympathy for what it's like to be in a thin body. But what I do think is that it's a lot easier sometimes in a thinner body to speak out on this stuff. Mm. You know, it's like I was I'm watching a trans friend of mine right now that's at a gym that's pretty transphobic. And for him to put himself out on the line and to fight back means that like he meets up with transphobia, right? He's not the one that should be fighting that battle. Mm -hmm. It's the cisgender people that should be trying to create an inclusive space um, for everybody, right? Right, absolutely. And so I think that all of us need to look at the ways in which we're privileged and it's easier for us to speak out people and um, do that. Um, And I don't do that to help fat people. I do that because I want a world where, um, you know, I, where my fat friends can participate where, you know, like a world that's more diverse and fun and, you know, has just so much like all of the amazing things, all the different people can bring to it. Right. It benefits me to make this a safer world for everybody. And um, so, you know, just like I'm going to be speaking out on races, anti-racism, you know, I want to speak out on fat phobia, too. And um, I'm fortunate to have a lot of education and credibility to be able to bring to words around fat phobia. That's really, really and thank touching. you so much for yes. doing that. Thank yes, you. it really, yeah. it really does touch us. I, we do have to say it really does touch us that you are so passionate about inclusion and about people being treated fairly and it it, we we first encountered you in the embrace documentary and that just like like, came through right away (laughs) who is she and how do we like love on her and how do we get her on our show (laughs) and her name is dr bacon and that's the best thing we've ever heard Uh, yes (laughs) (laughs) and and even kathy you know like i love that um you reach people in a different way like you know you could role model like you know, the acceptance of your body to let people know it's all possible. So I think we all need to bring whoever we are to the discussions. Um, and we feed on one another and reinforce the message from different perspectives. And yeah, I for love sure. that we're in um, this together. One yeah. of the, one of we the, are too. yeah, us too. I, I will say, I do want to get to it, especially since you did bring it up just a tad. Um, the idea about stress actually causing more uh, weight issues and or I'm so sorry, more health issues than fat and and how class actually has a huge part in what somebody's health actually is. I was wondering if you could talk a little bit about that. Man, that just depresses me to no end to realize that you could figure out someone's health outcomes um, most easily by checking out what their zip code is and what neighborhood they live in, Mm. you know, and if they live in a poverty stricken area, they're much more likely to have diabetes and heart disease and 
they're more likely to have a much shorter lifespan than people living in much more privileged and wealthy areas. Wow. You know, and you go to type two diabetes and um, who are the most, the most common, the, the segment of the population that has the highest rates of diabetes are American Indians. And mm. it's, you can trace how when say like Indian, um, like there's an Indian tribe that used to live in Mexico and in Mexico, there was, um, they, people in this um, tribe had no diabetes whatsoever. And then the, due to all kinds of systemic racism, a portion of their tribe ended up relocating in the United States in Arizona. And a few decades down the line, they're living with extreme poverty and type two diabetes rates are just out of control. Wow. And, you know, it's really clear that, um, you know, I think of most, well, I don't want to do the um, oppression Olympics, but American Indians have had it hard in this oh, culture. Yeah, for sure. Right? You know? oh, I mean, and, um, and it's so easy to kind of look at how the stress response from hard lives just contributes to um, all kinds of diseases. Yeah. And the, and yeah, the sure. idea that excites me is that if if we actually get to the point of that, like, no, making people's lives better is actually what's going to keep everybody healthier and having social programs in place like universal health care and things that will like relieve people of this, that actually that will create wellness in a whole other way like to have those conversations instead of I've had too many points and I have to now do my steps or my thing on my arm tells me what to do like I, I there's just something about those conversations I think that are way more exciting and thrilling than like I, I feel like our emotional mental space gets so taken up by our physical appearance and about uh, and judging it based on other people's physical appearances and if we could free our minds especially as women and femmes and and gender non-binary like just really free up that space to think about other things and things that really matter like equality in the world and and th like let's that be the conversation starter right instead of oh my god i totally didn't have any carbs today so i'm gonna do i'm gonna have them now you know that's know. my dream that's the dream world that, i live in <laughs> if we could just create that space of belonging and love on one another you know yeah, that's just like that's kindness just kindness like yeah. be kind to people who cares what they're doing like just be kind to people because they're another human being who is living in this world that is difficult enough as it is without you being a jerk <laughs> that's my hope for the world <laughs> no more jerks no more jerks <laughs> no what do you what is what does the future hold for you like you're in a space writing a book right now right i am yeah and my book is all about how to create those spaces of belonging and one of the things that I do is I trace out the whole biology of oppression, you know, and I'm right now, that's the chapter I'm working in right now. So I'm really excited about that. And I'm kind of, I'm looking at how, you know, when your world isn't safe, when people don't treat you well, of course, you're going to become distrusting and hypervigilant and 
it's going to be harder to establish relationships because yes. you're going to be wary. Um, and so biologically, you're kind of set up then to be more prone to things like eating disorders and substance abuse. Mm. And I'm also looking at how, while a culture of oppression creates that in us, one of the amazing things we can learn about that is how malleable our brains are and that we can also create different environmental conditions of support and belonging and love so that um, people can um, move to a default where they're more trusting, where food is fun and celebration instead of fear and punishment. Yeah, yeah. And sure. so I'm just, I'm trying to that. help people trace that whole path of how we can take back the power of our lives and how we can be kind to ourselves and recognize that, you know, all of those default positions we have where we don't like ourselves too much or we reach for the food to comfort ourselves and like we can have compassion and we can recognize that we were set up for that culturally and we can retrain ourselves so that um, so that um, we can find more supportive friends, safer place, um, and learn to look at food a different way. So anyway, I don't think I did a very good job. It's really just all about how we create that culture of belonging and um, helping people to who have had who feel their marginalization to recognize that they're not the problem, but yet the problem, but the culture gets lodged in them and makes their lives difficult. Yeah. I will right? say that. I will, I, I want to talk to a personal experience here really quickly. Yeah. You know, I am my half, my family's from Ireland. My mother's all Irish and I, I took my mom to Ireland uh, a few years ago and we got to be in the town where my ancestors were born and um, a distant cousin we got to meet, which was crazy how it worked out. Like the lady at the bed and breakfast was like, the Hedahans are up the hill. Just go and visit them. They're my brother-in-law. Like it was crazy. <laughs> um, that's my horrible Lucky Charms accent. No offense to Irish people. I'm sorry. So um, <laughs> he... The view on this unbelievable hill was this incredible mountain and there were uh, these uh, almost white blonde stripes in the mountain all of a sudden. It was like just in the dead center of it. He's like, do you see those markings? And I said, yeah. And, and he said, that's where our family pulled potatoes up to the top of the mountain to hide them from the British during the potato famine. Wow. And... I will tell you that something shook in my DNA and I can't, I just can only explain it that way that everything that I am as a fat person was like, you were starving, your people were starving and they had to escape and they had to survive. So this is what you became and that's okay. Like this is part of your, in your DNA's history. And I don't know, I just like found relief after that. I found a sense of understanding. Like, like, and, and so when you're talking about all these cultural things, like we have to remember those cultural things too. You know what I mean? Like people who were enslaved and beaten for years and years, 
obviously there's something in their DNA to make them survive that are going to make them look a different way. Mm-hmm. And and what got me here is because of that. So like how I look is actually an expression of the survival of my my ancestors. So I don't know. I, I just feel like what you're writing really speaks to me. And I and I can't wait to to read it. That's beautiful, Kathy. So beautiful. I might even want to use your story in my book. So we'll use me. Linda, use me. <laughs> <laughs> As the least we can do. Um, people can find, we want to let you go. We know you're very busy and you already gave us more time than you. we even said we would. So we really appreciate it. Um, at Linda Bacon, H-A-E-S. Yes. Uh, that's right. health at every size and that's on tw- uh she's amazing on twitter guys i mean i repost almost every single tweet of yours <laughs> you have the best the best articles um and on facebook you we haven't got you on the gram yet you're not on instagram yet no no but we might have to do dr bacon have, yeah. quotes <gasps> We might just do just do all memes of your quotes. Yeah, there you go. I think you have can your assistant do little, that. Just get make, a little intern, yeah. little project. <laughs> yeah, well, if someone could figure out how to get through that little technology uh, thing, you know, like <laughs> I'm open to Instagram, but oh. it's just one more thing. Yeah, it is know, one more thing. There's yeah. so much interest in this. You know, it's like my my numbers are climbing, and I think that's just that speaks to. Uh, just the message is resonating with people, you know, like sure. there's a, there's a body positive resolution happening and people are really hungry for info. And, Absolutely. you know, so I'm, I'm glad to be able to give people heads up to the stuff that, you know, that I'm finding and yeah, so Twitter and Facebook have been working well in that regard. Yeah, it's great. Well, we'll continue. We'll, we'll put yeah. the word on the street that yeah. if someone wants to open an account, she could use a quote. Yeah, she can. Um, <laughs> We're just she's saying. Like, hey, she's open to it. <laughs> just get her books and start writing stuff down yeah, in meme just, form. Just meme, just meme it out, people. <laughs> um, Dr. Bacon, thank you so much for making time for us. Yes, thank we you so really much. appreciate it. Please look us up when you come down to LA. Yes, definitely. We, we, I will. This was yes. a lot of fun. If you speak somewhere, we will make people come. Yes, people listen okay. to us. I don't know why. But. <laughs> right. well, you know what? For your audience members, yes. I want everybody go to your workplace to human resources tell them invite me to come speak because that's one of the things i love doing is coming into work sites community organizations and just spreading a message of inspiration of um hope that's such a great idea that is amazing um i actually have a website dedicated to that it's called linda bacon speaks Oh, easy breezy. And you can find out all kinds of info about my speaking. And um, it would be great to meet some of you in person that way. Yeah. And if you want more informational resources, you can find that stuff at lindabacon.org. And um, you'll find a link to sign up for my newsletter. And then you'll also, um, I don't send one out too frequently. You know, I'm actually only <laughs> going to be inundated in six months. Or so. <laughs> but you know, at least you'll get a heads up when my next book comes out. Yeah. Which I'm yes. really excited about. So go sign up on sign her up, guys. email list. And, guys. and of course, the Health at Every Size community is incredible. We've talked about it at length here. We're trying yes. to grow the LA um, community and, and get those referrals for uh, physicians that you know are um, 
are, are weight sensitive and and weight positive. So if you um, have those on our website, we've posted a bunch on our Instagram, on our Facebook, everywhere. everywhere. So um, again, thank you so much yeah. for spending time with us. And we're going to take a quick break and we'll be back with Hot Topics after this. this promotional consideration brought to you by melissa massey custom clothing isn't exclusively for the rich and famous melissa massey is custom made clothing for everyday wear a unique combination of custom tailoring and deluxe fabrics that is well made and fit for every size and frame made in la sold in la and online at melissamassey.com it's not the natural beauty products in your life, but the life in your natural beauty products. Linda Kamen's Aromatherapy Salon, lindakamens.com, for happier, healthier living. Promotional consideration provided by Scrubs Body, a woman-owned business with scrubs so natural, they're good for your public parts and your private parts. Scrubsbody.com. this we're back eva are you vibing like so high right now i just i'm like i could talk to her i know like i literally was like oh she has to go but can we just keep her can we keep i her? know i know can you imagine having an office to have her come visit oh my god how lucky would you be i would be I so want, thrilled i want everyone i know to do this honestly i feel like everybody should do it because it needs to, it needs to, her message needs to reach more than just us. And just going to the HR department. How brilliant is that? It's like so low key. I want you to know yeah. we have a different setup. We have a different setup. And so I'm we're not very looking at, she's like close very much to her. In, in my space. <laughs> we're trying to pretend like it's not well, like that. It's so but funny. We're very close to each because other. Because we practiced beforehand and Kathy was like, don't do this. <laughs> and then the entire time she's doing this. So I, I don't know what she's I, talking I, about. I thought I kept it on this no, side. No, no. You watch back, girl. Oh, no. You're like all in here. You're like, I didn't, oh, know, uh, that. I didn't know that. I thought I was being very cautious. No, no. I was like, keep the bracelet hand no. up. <laughs> um, that was amazing. We hope you enjoyed it. Oh, my gosh. We, I. We have other stuff to talk about. Um, we do, we do. Which, we have things. Uh, let's, and we don't have much time No, left. we don't. But let's talk about this Weight Watchers thing because I think it's so related. Don't it you is, think? Totally. So totally. I, we don't know if you heard, guys. Weight Watchers is now just calling itself WW. WW. <laughs> because we don't know what that means. <laughs> because they wanted to take the word weight out of their title, most likely. I wonder if Dietland had like an impact on that. Maybe. I mean- it could have. I'm just saying. For sure. It could have for sure. I it, I think so. There this I'm gonna read to you what they say they did it for. It's WW is now a wellness brand for people who just want to build healthy habits. And it is <laughs> I love how you say it with so such habits, like guys, it's sarcasm. All. It's not guys, you're it's not all they want. It's all they want. <laughs> it's all they don't want your money. No. They don't want you to buy their foods. They just want, or they to just have want you to wealthy, buy their products. They're oh, like, look at wealthy. You hear me, wealthy wellness lifestyle. That's all they want. Yeah, they um, have all kind of um, 
Oh, sorry. You can go ahead. Yeah, I just I was going to continue. Uh, they they continue to be the best healthy eating program for weight loss in the world. They call they claim that, and we can inspire people for healthy eating habits, help them eat better, move better, use their mind to help support their efforts, and really be about total total wellness. Now there's going to have like connector groups and meditations called Headspace and Fit Points program because now we're not just going to count our foods with points. We're going to count. Every activity but we they do with have, points. They've been counting activity with points for a long time. But I think what's interesting is that they have a lot of they have a lot more products like like um, like an omelet uh, maker thing. I don't know. They have like all these like oh like actual kitchen appliances. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I noticed that on there. Look at that. Yeah. So I don't know what what I, I, what's interesting is like what is the what does wellness look like. Exactly. And like, does wellness look like a blonde yoga instructor who's like perfectly fit? Like, is that what wellness is that what we're supposed to strive to? Yeah, we're still striving to something that is not based in facts, basically. Yeah, I guess that's what's I, I guess that's what's bothering me the most about it is like. Is the wellness like like what 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 is the picture of wellness? Because the right. well, the picture of wellness is still a thin body. Yeah, exactly. And and they can't escape that because they still it, it says instead of catering to people who are looking to lose weight, build healthy habits. Why would then what you look like or like it's still based on that calorie in and out right. thing. You know what I mean? Like if I put in a certain amount of points, I must put out a certain amount of points. It's still that weird. Right. It, which we know doesn't work. Right, no, it doesn't. It absolutely yeah. doesn't work. I mean, I've done Weight Watchers. You've done Weight Watchers. At a very young age, I did Weight Watchers. And certainly I lost weight. And then it's the moment that you stop doing all the craziness, that crazy making over it, yeah. you gain all the weight back. Yeah. So it obviously doesn't it made me, work. It was very you, good with my food, obses- uh, my food obsession. Yes. It was very good c- keeping cards on my, because at, at the time it was the cards, guys. It was like, it was like the, do- it was the dealer. It was the dealership. <laughs> it's so weird. Being, it's so weird, like kind of not looking at you, like kind of sort of side eyeing. I know, side um, But yeah, I, I, it was, it was like, I, I had a, I had a deck of cards I had to care about and put them in a thing. Yeah. 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 Anyway. Um, on on the on the other side of that, fat is not a violation happens. Oh, it's totally taking over Instagram, and I love it so yes. much. Will you do it? Hashtag fat is not a violation. Megan Kimberling has been all over it, all yeah. over well, fat. Well, she is should. Not. I mean, she's, she's yeah gorgeous. Everything she does is brilliant. I mean, I love her. Yes, By I the way, her. there were a ton of bodies. And Kurt, there is an article that we had. And if you scroll down to the photos, it's yeah, it's bananas. up right now. It is. There are some incredible photos if you want to scroll down to. Yeah. I mean, there's so many of them. And t- people taking unbelievable photos on themselves and Instagram taking them down. By the way, like they're still taking them down. And basically, well, the and then story like, there's is, like the picture of Kim Kardashian who's yeah. like practically naked. I mean, she basically. I mean, you could basically see her vagina, <laughs> but that's and not like, a violation. And like a, a barely covering her nip, and that's not a violation. But yeah. a fat body doing it would absolutely be a violation. Yeah, and um, Instagram has been notoriously taking down these photos, and so basically, uh, the two people I want to give them uh, shout outs. Um, 
it was, oh, there are two Portland influencers, Sarah Rosen and Lou Xavier, started at Fat is Not a Violation. You can follow them. Um, and the hashtag, obviously, if you want to participate, yeah. it is awesome. You'll see a lot of beauty, just like really well done stuff. A lot of people uh, talking about their own personal experiences in their. Um, yeah, and it's not only women, it's men too. Yeah. It's yeah. men too it's who really are good. getting, you know, taken down. It as was well. really, really great. Um, Our cute little dancer friend, Amanda LaCalle. Yes. Has her dance cover out, Which guys. is a huge deal. It was on the she's on the cover of Dance Spirit magazine, which is like, you know, it's a big deal because it's not only just her face, it's also her it's her entire body. Yeah, yeah. And the dance world is like a very body biased world. Like oh, they sure. are like real Oh, terribly. Terribly. Judgy. Oh yeah, yeah, for sure. And um and Caddy, Caddy, I would say Caddy. She made a, uh, she made a, a quote. She got interviewed. Oh my God, could I talk? I do I have words? She got interviewed, and one of the answers to her questions, uh, you know, she's a Capizio picked her up as one of their amb- brand ambassadors, mm-hmm. which means that Capizio has to make clothes to fit her. So that is like a really big deal. But she said in 130 years, she, they have never had a plus size dancer until her. That's quite a monolith to be taking down yeah. and to be the first chip at. So, Amanda, good on you. Go Amanda, out. Amanda, we are so proud, so of, proud you. of you. It's amazing. Go out and buy Dance Spirit magazine, will you? Yes, go support it because Please. we need to let people know that we want to see. That's what we want to see. Yes. And another thing we can support is Proud Mary Fashion. Yay! Jessica Hinkle, incredible. She opened her store and Kathy went. I totally did. To the grand opening. All of the girls were there. The kids were out living their lives. I love seeing her transition from the like what the store looked like before to like the pink puff that it is now. I love it so much. Oh my God. There is a mural on the wall that is unbelievable. We have a photo. Oh, maybe it's not the right link. That's weird. Oh, no. if you go to the, oh, you got to go to yeah, the first Dropbox one. Sorry, Kurt. Yeah, there's there's Kurt, some. We're, photos. we're during the day. This isn't our usual vibe, guys. I know we're pre-taping, we're pre-taping this, guys. This. It's just like it's just like we're, we're trying, all over the place. We're it's all, nuts. Usually, we're taking a shower or bath right now. Yeah, we're getting like, ready, or a nap, shaving our legs, a nap, napping, just napping. <laughs> Like, but Kurt has a photo of us there, and there's this. Or amazing... you, not me. I didn't get to go. Oh Boo. yeah, but there. Um, yes, the proud Mary. There was an incredible proud Mary mural that she had done, and and there was a DJ, and I bought a cute skirt. I mean, her stuff is really beautiful fabrics, and it's right in Highland Park. It's on the east side in LA. It's not too far from the Plus Bus where her stuff used to be. You can totally go and get some. Yeah, I'm so proud of her. It, yeah. That neighborhood needs it too. That neighborhood has a lot of plus size girls in it. And it needs some damn clothes. I'm just saying. Finally, finally. Amazing. We are so happy you're with us. We're sorry we're not live. Hopefully one of us will be able to chat with you guys while you're watching if you find things interesting tonight. Um, And next week we will be live again. We will be live again. Truly live. At 6. Don't listen to our crazy commercial that lies and tells you that we're on some other station at some other time. Who knows what happened there? Sounds like I had a blonde moment. I don't know. 
no, guys, I'm out of it. But we'll, uh, I'm, and we have some stuff percolating who that guest is. We just can't announce it we right away. We cannot announce it But we'll it yet. always announce it on our Instagram and our Facebook. Yeah, and so just keep an eye on that. you can follow us at, at Plus The Show. Yes. Um, thank you, Kurt, for taking t- special time for us. And thank you, Dr. Bacon, again yes, for Dr. being Bacon, with us. Yes, Dr. Bacon, thank you so much. That was amazing. And um, have her come to your office, guys. Go Do to it. the HR department. Do All right. It. We'll see you next week, Plus we This. We love you.